in the pursuit of happiness. Hi, I'm Mike, and welcome back to the most hipster of podcasts, uh, My Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, today we are recording on a 1960s uh, Electro Voice 664 microphone, so adding to the hipster level of uh, of the podcast here with vintage microphones. Uh I uh, I apologize. I've been gone. I've been missing. Uh this is the first time I'm recording in quite a while. I think 3 weeks something like that. Uh and uh, I, I you know, I try to always be as honest uh, with you guys as possible. I don't pre-record anything. These uh, these episodes come out as they come out. I don't pre-record, you know, maybe from a production standpoint that would be a better situation to uh, to pre-record some in case I'm having a weekend where uh, where uh, I just uh, it can't find the motivation to do it uh, because that's kind of where I've been for the past uh, three weeks or so. Just have not had the personal motivation to uh, to do much. I've been struggling in my uh, personal life the past couple uh, weeks as far as my uh, my my own happiness goes uh, on on a life level. I started a new uh, new job. Uh, no, it's the same job, but with a new employer, uh, basically, and I'm much happier there. And I find, uh, and this is something that, that I want to talk about, I guess, I, I, I find that I sabotage myself. Either I am uh, doing well when it comes to health, fitness, personal life, mental health, that sort of thing, uh, and I'm miserable uh, at work, uh, miserable at my employer, or it seems the opposite way around apparently now. So uh, I'm very, very happy as far as work goes and everything else, but I've completely given up on, uh, on my own personal health and well-being for some reason in my own life. So why why, uh, why do I want to, uh, to, to have a, a full spectrum of joy and happiness? No, no, it has to be compartmentalized and it has to uh, fail in one of the two main areas, basically. It's very, very rare, it seems in my life that I've had symbiotic happiness between <laughs> between personal life and work. If one is going good, the other one is going uh, south, it seems. So <laughs> unfortunately, I've been struggling. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just and I haven't had the personal motivation. I've been letting the enemy mind win every single morning. I haven't done any of my walking. I have fallen off of my routine. My uh, my food intake habit has been absolutely horrific. I haven't read anything uh, in uh, three four weeks. I haven't had the motivation or 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 uh, inspiration to uh, to continue reading. I have three books. Uh, that that I have that are just sitting there waiting to be uh, read and absorb that knowledge. But again, for some reason, I just I can't find uh, the motivation to do it. And and you know, I had a revelation. I don't say revelation. I apologize. Some plosives I hear. Again, dealing with a vintage microphone. I don't have a pop filter on this. I should put one on, but I apologize. Um, I'm gonna try to keep that down as much as possible. Um, so, uh, so like I said, I, I, I need to, I, I came to kind of a, a realization about, uh, <laughs> as much as I personally, as much as I personally, uh, want to be chaos, I, I personally want to have chaotic, uh, creation and, uh, and energy flowing through me for some reason. I, I don't know why it appeals to me, but it definitely does. Uh, I need routine and habit I, I, as much as I don't want routine and discipline as much as I get bored with routine and discipline 
I completely need it. Uh, it the, it's one of the, the biggest struggles I've been having is, again, I broke my routine and my discipline of getting up and getting out of bed and going to walk. I started going back into old habits, old disciplines, old routines, maybe, of, uh, of using the snooze button and, uh, and laying in bed and lamenting things. And, uh, and it's not good. It's not good. I'm having trouble sleeping. My eating habits have been, I've been just eating absolute trash. Uh, just, uh, just the quickest and easiest, uh, foods possible. Just not, uh, not good for me. Not healthy whatsoever. Uh, lots of sugar intake too. I, I'm a sugar junkie and I don't need that. I diabetic, pre-diabetic, probably full on diabetic again. I, uh, I, I, I got out of my diabetic struggles when I lost a bunch of weight, uh, but I gained almost all that shit back now. So, uh, so yeah, probably not a good idea as far as that goes, as far as the sugar intake recently, especially. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I don't know if I've, I've fallen back into a horrible old routine and discipline, or if it's the lack of routine and discipline that, that I've fallen into, uh, just the chaos theory of whatever it is, what it is. Um, and like I said, I don't know why there's something very romantic and attractive of the chaos theory, in my opinion, when it comes to that, just crazy, creative energy, crazy spur of the moments, just craziness, just, it is what it is and just go and flow. I need routine. I need discipline. And uh, it's funny because there's quite a few um, motivational speakers. There's quite a few lifestyle people or whatever, and they preach that all the time. And I roll my eyes and everything. And uh, Jocko Willinks, if you don't know who he is, um, I used to actually work for Jocko. Jocko used to be my boss before he uh, he was uh, or who he is today as far as uh, author and motivational speaker and uh, leadership coach and product pusher recently. It looks like uh, there's a whole line of Jocko products out there now, like Jocko Go Energy Drink and stuff like that. It's very interesting. Um, but before Jocko was all that, <laughs> he, he was my boss. He, he actually was the head of a learning and development group uh, at a mortgage company, if you can believe that. It was a very interesting time. And I got to 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 work with him and He's uh, he's a military man. He's a, he's a SEAL Team Six, um, you know, uh, military man, and they thrive on on uh, discipline and and routine. And you know, he says discipline will set you free. In my mind, and it's you know, it's probably just my enemy mind uh, justifying right. My enemy mind is justifying that that's a stupid concept because it doesn't want to follow that concept. <laughs> But I can see it, you know, and, and and it's funny because, like I said, I I have come to this realization that I definitely need it, and I just need to uh, to figure out how to f- get back on it, how to how to do that, um, and it's going to be one of these days where I'm just going to go and do it again, and that's uh, that's the key to it, I guess, is it's just doing it, just forcing yourself to do it and starting, and that's where I've been lacking for the past couple of weeks, the lack of motivation to do much in my personal life. Uh, whatsoever. Like I said, on the work side of things, it's been lovely. It's a new company, new opportunities for me. It's a new creative environment for me. It's very, very exciting. Obviously being new, uh, there is, <laughs> there's a learning curve that I'm dealing with, uh, you know, learning some, some processed product, that sort of thing, scratching my head on why they do certain things 
that don't make sense, that sort of whatnot, trying to feel out where I stand as far as making suggestions and saying, hey, this is great, but I want to change all of it. (laughs) So uh, it's been good, though. It's been good. Um, I'm working with some incredible people. And and to be honest, I've never worked for a company before that is so, so invested in a, a team environment that really cares about mental health and understanding where you're at as far as uh, mental health goes. Um, I took a, um, uh, a test. They make everybody take this, this personality strength test from Gallup. And, uh, I will cover that like the top five strengths and it's eerie because, um, I took it going into it and I was very honest with it. Usually on stuff like that, I don't know, I flub my way through it or right? it's like, I'll answer the questions the way I feel they want me to answer the questions. But it was like they gave you two scenarios and uh, um, a, like a zero to five on each side and which one were you more apt to and everything else. So I took it seriously. I answered quite a few questions um, and they give me a report of my top five attributes. And it was eerie how kind of dead on this stupid computer program could hit me. <laughs> it was pretty wild. <laughs> And uh, I don't have them pulled up today, and I'm not going to go through them today, I don't think. Uh, but uh, but definitely something I wanted to talk about. Uh, but it was amazing. It was amazing how dead on. Now, the company has, uh, like for our my department, there is a they call it a strength map. So they have, I think there's 33 total, 33 or 35 uh, strength categories or whatever. And they're broken down into four different quadrants. And uh, we have on our intranet site, like the whole team, has taken this and everybody's top five are marked onto this this chart and it's pretty wild to to look at and think that the company really wants us to identify our strengths and use our strengths um and and uh, you know thrive that way on top of that we have uh meetings like real quick team meetings with the entire team on monday wednesday and friday which are very very interesting to me so the monday one is what they call our big rock meeting. And it's basically, what is your main focus this week? What are you doing this week? What's your main task, you know, focus, that sort of thing. And then on Wednesday, we come back and we talk about where we're at, where we're at as far as uh, that big rock goes. But there's also a mood elevator um, that they want us to talk about as well. So there's like a chart that has all these different categories again. And, and where are you as far as your mood goes? Mood elevator. It's a neat thing. And then on Friday, we come back together again. And, and these are very quick meetings. They're not like long, drawn-out meetings. They're very, very quick. Hop in, kind of you know, smile at everybody because we're doing it Zoom-wise. See everybody's webcam, that sort of thing. Smile at everybody. And it's like 15 minutes and we're done type of thing. So Friday is a recap. Friday is, you know, how did it go this week? How are you feeling this week? Is there anything anybody can help you with? So forth and so on. And this is like a weekly thing. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Like I was very kind of like, I have to get used to this touchy feely stuff at work because I don't, this is not normal to me. My previous employer, which I worked for at, for 15 years, my previous employer worked for, for 15 years. Uh, it was not like this at all. Did not necessarily care. It was like, leave that shit at home. You're at work. Uh, we're focusing on work stuff now. You know, that's what it is. And and I had a, a, a boss that I really, really enjoyed working with, but she was a very, very hard woman. You know, she, she, uh, uh, she didn't have a, 
necessarily she's seen some things in her life let's just say you know um as far as where she came from and, and so forth and so on uh and she's a very you know uh stoic type of personality in my opinion that that was very uh again leave that shit at home <laughs> deal with it on your own time you're at work you're do work now okay so uh so it's a very different dynamic it is truly a team environment as well which again uh, my previous employer, especially in the last, uh, let's say, seven years or so, at my previous employer, there was no team. There was almost like two teams, and it was us versus them feeling. I, I did not feel comfortable with the majority of my teammates. Uh, I knew that they would smile to my face and stab me in the back as soon as I turned around. I don't feel that way with this group and this company at all. Like I'm on guard, of course, because of where I came from, <laughs> but it's like very, very different environment. And that's one of the things when, when, uh, you know, we're talking about, I, I think I might've said this on one of the podcasts, or the previous podcast, the last time I did a podcast, I might've said this where it was, um, you know, that my previous boss kept saying, well, the grass is not always greener. The grass is not greener, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I, I heard it uh, this week, too, uh, on a, a call, somebody in leadership said, you know, the grass isn't always greener, but they actually went a step further. They said it's it, it's not greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. Um, my whole thing with, uh, with that when my previous boss was saying the grass isn't greener on the other side, I said, yeah, I'm not really necessarily caring about the color of the grass. I'm caring about the people that are hanging out in the yard because that's the biggest draw. That was one of the biggest things that made me make this this massive life decision to change from a very comfortable 15 year uh, you know legacy had a company had a ton of vacation time you know I knew everybody had a lot of leeway and everything else to basically starting over and being the lowest uh, the lowest guy on a totem pole uh, in a department in a, uh, in a in a new company even though I've had you know experience in the industry and so forth and so on I'm still the new guy at this company and you know rebuilding everything um, hell I, you know technically I don't have you know, health insurance for the first time in 15 years and uh, first time in 20 some odd years, I'd say um, health health insurance, like through the employer, I'm like a 90 day hold right now. Uh, and it's like, I don't want to pay for Cobra. It's so stupid expensive. Uh, but hey, we live in America and I live in America. So that means that most of our, uh, you know, health insurance is tied to an employer for some reason. It's prior and it's, I'm not going to get into that, but it's ridiculous. Uh, and people are afraid of uh, centralized medicine, socialized medicine. Uh, which is the most ridiculous thing in the world because it would give you freedom to not worry about this shit. You know, like I have a very high stress level over the next 90 days dealing with a non-insurance situation, possibly. Um, you know, if anybody gets sick or injured or anything like that in my household, that that's going to be a bankruptcy type bill. You know, it's unbelievable. And, and like I said, there is a what we call Cobra insurance, which is kind of like gap insurance. Uh, but it's insanely expensive. If I didn't have to worry, if my taxes paid for health insurance, I, you could freely move employers, and that's not a concern. All of a sudden, the joy of working for somebody would be about the environment and what you're doing there and how you perceive the company and everything else, not the benefits package. Like, I stayed in a horrific 
environment that drove me deeper and deeper into a mental depression, you know, with this previous company for years, for years, because I had, you know, benefits with them as far as insurance, health insurance with them and, you know, vacation time and stuff like that and everything else that I've built up. Like, like that was a reason for me to suffer and continue to stay with an employer and hurt myself mentally and physically by staying with them for as long as I did. But I, I didn't want to leave because I had all of my, you know, my benefits, my insurance and everything was set up with like that. That's crazy that that is a decision that Americans make. This place is horrific. This place is horrible. It's not good for you at all, but you got pretty good health insurance. So you might as well stay because, uh, you know, you can leave. And, and to be honest with you, the new company that I'm with, the, the insurance packages that they offer, the health insurance options that they have are not as strong as my previous company, which is crazy, which is crazy. Uh, I'm making more money. I'm in a better environment mentally and happy and, and team environment and everything else. And I'm going to suffer a little bit more because of, of an insurance now. Like I, I, I'm going to have a different medical care uh, level because of this company doesn't offer the same type of insurance or benefits as my previous company or the, the same company even. So like how fucked up is that? Like I, uh, I don't know. Like I, I have a feeling that the majority of you guys that, that do listen to me and I appreciate you guys listening to me. And if you come back and, and listen to this, I appreciate you for, uh, allowing me to, uh, to disappear for a little bit. I'm going to try to limit that as much as possible. I do. I do appreciate you guys listening. But, like, if you're in America, you know the struggle. If you're outside of America, you're probably scratching your head going, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is freedom, apparently. Um, I, you know, uh, I, I think it's the most ridiculous thing in the world that, that, that again, it, health insurance is driven through employment in, in 99% of the cases here uh, in the country. Well, whatever. All right, so uh, so very good in a environment. In, in the again, the people I am working with, it's so different. It's just so weird to be in an environment where people really care and 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 they're open about talking about things and struggles. And you know, in the past environment, it was you know, don't we don't want to hear what you're struggling with. We want to hear what you're succeeding with, and that's it. We don't want you know. There there was no. Uh, there was no interest in, in help and growth or anything like that. It, it was crazy unless they were forcing you into a box that didn't fit, which is one of the major things that was driving me crazy was uh, forcing me into a role that I was not happy with. And that's one of the reasons why I decided to make a massive life, life change. And uh, so far it's been incredible. Like I said, I tip those scales though. For some reason, my life is on a scale. It's two sided. There's work life and there's home life. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and, uh, for some reason I can't have a good balance and be happy in both worlds. For some reason, if I'm happy in one, I, I lack in the other. It's just not allowed to be fully, fully, uh, happy and full of joy. Hence the reason my pursuit of happiness. So, uh, <laughs> so there's that. So 
whatever. I uh, I did hear a quote this week uh, with the company. Uh, it was during one of the training classes that got me really thinking and, and diving into things. And it was about happiness. Uh, it was a quote about happiness uh, that, that somebody said. And I loved it. I think it's absolutely incredible. And this is where we talk about, again, I think uh, the last podcast episode I was talking about, uh, I may have, be, I'm searching for the wrong thing, right? I'm a, my pursuit of happiness, happiness is a momentary item, right? Happiness is fleeting. What I should be is the pursuit of joy. Joy is a, a long-term infinite uh, sensation and feeling, right? Joy is, is, is the forever game where happiness is a finite, uh, situation and feeling, but, uh, happiness, the definition of happiness that this person told me is happiness is when reality is greater than expectations. And I truly, truly see this because I was going to record a podcast last week and two weekends ago. Yeah. It was not last week in a week. It was the weekend before. I got up early. I was going to go for a motorcycle ride, and I was going to come back and rant and rave about how incredible riding motorcycles <laughs> and how, <laughs> how it makes me so damn happy. Now, I own uh, four motorcycles at this point. Well, three motorcycles and a scooter, to be, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, and none of them are new. None of them are brand new. This scooter kind of sort of is it's, it's a Chinese knockoff scooter. So it's, it doesn't, it's, it's a whole separate thing, but the motorcycles are all vintage motorcycles. So ranging from, uh, 1976 to 1986 to, uh, 1994. So those are the three motorcycles as far as years go. Uh, I've never owned a brand new motorcycle and I am attracted to, uh, vintage things, hence uh, 1960s microphone. <laughs> I do have brand new microphones too. I like the latest and greatest when it comes to certain things like, you know, recorders and technologies, stuff like that. But when it comes to mechanical things, like cars and motorcycles, I am uh, always, if I'm given two options, I'm typically going with the vintage option, which creates frustration in some cases. So my expectations were, I'm going to go out there. Uh, I had the motorcycle started the, the night before, or day before, something like that. Because with, with older motorcycles, dealing with carburetors and the, you're dealing with tinkering around, they're, they're not plug and play, let's say. All right. There's, there's a little bit more involved with them. You know, you're dealing with, this was a, the 1976 motorcycle. So this is a motorcycle that's older than me. I was born in 78. So this is a motorcycle that's older than me. So it's, you know, it's, it's a 40, over 40 year old microphone or, or motorcycle here. Right. Um, so I, I, I moved things around in the garage, got it ready to go the night before, had it running the night before life was great. Uh, and the battery was dead, which is fine because in 1976, they also gave you an option to kickstart the thing. So there's a kickstarter on the side that you can use to turn the engine over and you don't technically need to have a charged battery. You just need to have your battery in the loop. Uh, so electricity can flow through, which is fine, uh, because I've been kickstarting it for a while like that. Uh, so I got it going the night before, blah, blah, blah. Like I said, my expectation was roll downstairs in the morning. I, I put on all my, I'm a safety guy when it comes to riding. I, I'm not a squid, what they call squid whatsoever. I'm a, uh, uh, I'm not a, not a all the gear all the time type of guy, but I'm, a. I dress for the slide, not for the ride situation. Okay. So I have, uh, 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 motorcycle pants that I wear. 
that are Kevlar reinforced for sliding purposes with some, some uh, armor pads in them. I have a jacket. I have specific uh, motorcycle boots, obviously helmet, gloves, and so forth and so on, right? So I get up. I put all that shit on. I go out there. <laughs> uh, in and of itself, that's a, that's a task for me. <laughs> especially for the past, you know, two weeks prior to that, I've literally rolled out of bed and lived life on, uh, with shorts on at work. Um, cause this company has web, we, we put cameras on more than any, any other company I've ever worked for. Every meeting is, uh, has a webcam on. It's unbelievable. Uh, but a lot of my webcams for the past couple of weeks have been a decent shirt <laughs> and basically shorts, uh, from the waist down. So you can't see that anyway. So as long as the upper half of me looked presentable, life was good. <laughs> so putting pants on <laughs> and socks and boots and everything else, it was an ordeal in and of itself that Saturday morning. So I got up, I did it. Life was good. No problem. I go in the garage and I can't start the fucking bike. It took me two hours of fiddling and kickstarting and fiddling and kickstarting and trying to make sure that there's car the gas was in the carbs and the carbs weren't overflowing. Life was good. I got spark and everything else. I ran out. I spent 90 bucks on a brand new battery. So I didn't have to kickstart anymore because my leg was getting tired. You don't need to, if you have a vintage motorcycle, you can skip leg day at the gym because uh, just kickstart the goddamn thing <laughs> and make sure it's not running a tip-top shape <laughs> and you can skip leg day. I had trouble walking for the next two days. <laughs> so and it's, it's not a, it's a, a Honda CB750. So it's a four cylinder uh, 750cc engine, which is, is not the hardest thing to kick over um, because it is four cylinders. It's smaller. Uh, compression ratio is not super high. So it's not like a big V twin situation or a parallel twin where you need a lot of kind of oomph to, to kick it over. So it's like, literally, I'm just sitting there just cranking it going, go, 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 trying to get it going. Um, I went out and spent 90 bucks, got a battery, hooked the battery up and sat there and still with the battery now, uh, had the electronic start. So I at least saved my legs and I finally got it running got it running and with the kickstart i would get it running it wouldn't stay running and then i have to kick it again and for some reason it wouldn't start again and so forth and so on so there's obviously there's an an issue with the fuel system i think it's the carbs there's four carburetors on it they're balanced but you know i didn't start it in a while prior to that so I, I try to use non-ethanol gas so they don't get all cloggy and crappy and everything else but the carbs may need to come off and be cleaned um, you know, or rebalanced or something like that at this point. And like I said, dealing with something that's, that's 45 years old or whatever, um, it's finicky, you know, it's tinkery. And when all you want to do is get out there and just get on the motorcycle and ride and have fun and be happy. Again, my expectations were, this is going to be no big deal. Hop in there, kickstart it, get it going. Life is good. Let it idle, let it warm up go. And just enjoy and then come back and record a, or record a podcast. I got to the point where I almost kicked the damn motorcycle over. <laughs> I was so mad at it, just cursing and yelling at this goddamn piece of machinery. Uh, I finally got it running, went out for a ride, actually rode it <laughs> to another motorcycle dealership <laughs> and test rode a brand new motorcycle. <laughs> Because I was so fed up with this fucking motorcycle. Uh, and uh, even talked to the guy about trading in. Obviously, the trade-in value is not going to be as good as what I could get for selling it by myself. So I'll sell it for my, by myself. 
but I find that uh, so so needless to say, when I came back, I was not happy. Uh, my my reality did not see exceed my expectations. My reality. <laughs> fell very, very short of my expectations, equaling a very unhappy time and an unhappy sensation. <laughs> so needless to say, the, the podcast did not get recorded <laughs> that Saturday, two Saturdays ago, because of that. And I find that this is a common theme in my life. I, I collect, I'm a collector, I'm talking about that Gallup poll, my five strains, the number one is the collector strength. It's a very interesting thing. Again, we'll dive into that uh, maybe in another podcast. But I'm a collector. I collect things. But um, I find that, like I said, if, if you give me the choice of something that is turnkey ready to go, something that you can, again, hop on and go, and something that's vintage and finicky and tinkery, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take the vintage tinkery thing. And I collect a lot of things that are like that. I collect a lot of things that are, that take effort and work. Okay. Uh, and I don't mind that to an extent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I had another motorcycle that I could have. So I have uh, the 86 motorcycle, the, the 1986 motorcycle, the Goldwing. Uh, I have a Honda. It's a big Honda road sofa Goldwing, <laughs> which is lovely. It needs a new rear tire. The rear tire is kind of shitty on it, uh, and I don't trust it. I'm not going to take it on highways because of that. So I have a lift in my garage, and the uh, the the 1976 motorcycle was on the lift. So I, I moved that off the lift. I put the big uh, Goldwing on the lift so I can jack it up, and I can try to figure out how to take the rear tire off, which in and of itself is not easy because there's a bunch of big accessory bags and lights on the back of that motorcycle. It's basically like a semi-truck with all the pretty lights on it and everything, which I love, but makes it more of a pain in the ass to work on. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I could have taken that off the lift and rode that because that one has no issues starting. I just got a new battery for it. Not that long ago. It starts, it rides. It's wonderful, but that rear tire is a little bit sketchy. And, and at the end of the day, safety, uh, it's going to be much, uh, much more painful if I go down, I think, on that motorcycle because it's heavy and bulky and, and scary. And it's a lot more expensive to, to be able to fix because of all the shit that's on it. Uh, so I really need to replace that rear tire. So I could have just swapped them out and took the, the Honda because I know it was running, or the, you know, the 86 Honda instead of the. But I wanted to ride the CB750. That's, that was the whole point of this. That's why I made the swap the night before and put the other one on the lift and blah, 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 and everything else. I wanted to ride it. Um, but even the the Goldwing is finicky and old and, and has four carburetors on it as well. And, uh, you know, it's tinkery and finicky and everything else. Um, hell, the 94 Virago, I changed the carburetor because that's something else I do is uh, <laughs> something else I do is I'm very good at taking something that, that is perfectly fine. It's working perfectly fine and deciding to rip it apart and do some customization to it and everything else, which becomes long projects or becomes more of a headache, which this has actually. So the, the 94, uh, Yamaha Virago I have, I converted it from two carburetors to one carburetor. Uh, because one of the older carburetors started uh, leaking and all I needed to really do is rebuild that and put it back on and life was good. But instead, I spent 
way too much money on a custom uh, fabricated intake and a new carburetor to convert it to a single carburetor because it'll look cooler and it'll sound better and it has lower torque and blah, blah, blah and all this other shit. And it's a fucking nightmare. Like the jetting of that carburetor just doesn't, this bike does not want to have a single carburetor. It wants this two carburetors. So now that I'm looking at selling it because the, the realization after that weekend was I have too much shit. I need to sell some of these. I want to have something that is turnkey that I can hop on and ride. Uh, so I'm selling the, the so I'm, I actually bought a rebuild kit to rebuild the old carburetors, put the old carburetors back on so I can sell the damn thing. And then I'll sell the single carburetor and the, the, the manufactured uh, intake that I paid way too much money for, I'll sell that separately and make more money on the whole situation. But um, <laughs> where was I going with this? So finicky things, you know, it's like I want something. I, I like working on motorcycles. I like working on cars. I like working on stuff. But I want something that I is uh, is new and reliable and turnkey, something that's not finicky for the times where it's like I just want something that, I know is going to work. I can just hop on it and go and not have to worry about it. You know, even, even if it was running anytime I'm dealing with an old bike or an old car, like I have a 1970, uh, 76 beetle. Why do everything's 76? That's crazy. A 1976 beetle. That was my daily driver. I took my kids to school and dropped my kids, uh, took my kids to school and, and picked my kids up from school for two years. in that every single day it was my daily driver. It was the only car I really owned. Uh, and my ex-wife had her car at the time and it ran great. And then I got into an accident. Somebody rear-ended me on it and it hasn't really run great since. And, uh, and uh, it's become issue. Um, and, and again, it's finicky, it's tinkery. And even if you get the engine running because it's so old, there's so many other things to worry about, right? There is, uh, you know, with the motorcycles I'm dealing with, uh, with possibly older cables that may snap or the, the same thing with the Volkswagen. It's like the throttle cable, um, cause it's actually a cable. It's not, you know, electronics or anything. There's a lot more mechanical items that, you know, can go wrong and typically will go wrong. <laughs> so it's not something that is mindless. You know, when I'm riding an, uh, one of my vintage motorcycles, when I'm driving one of my vintage cars or something like that, there's a lot going on. You're super connected to it. You feel everything. What is that sound? What is that vibration? What is that noise? What's going on? Oh shit. You know, that's, <laughs> there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> during the process um hell even my um i have a, a an 09 uh, subaru wrx that's my daily driver now uh even that i have you know the first week i got it the damn uh air conditioning compressor seized up on me and i burnt through that belt and i haven't replaced it because it's like twelve hundred dollars gonna cost me like twelve hundred dollars to replace that air conditioner so yes i live in georgia and i do not own a car that has an air conditioner a working air conditioner what do you think about that? <laughs> My kids don't like it, but whatever. It don't really bother me that much. So, uh, but it's just the cause. I don't want to deal with it, you know. But ever since that happened, ever since that is like this was a supposed to be, you know, it was a used car. Yes, it was still older. It was an '09, and I just bought it a couple of years ago or whatever. Um, it's it, ever since that happened, right? The confidence in that that car is not as strong as it used to be <laughs> where i used to have a brand new, i bought a brand new kia it was a piece of shit um 
Kia Rio. It was the base model. Didn't even come with a radio. Didn't have an air conditioner. I buy that brand new here in Georgia. It was like, I don't know, eight grand at the time, something like that. It was a commuter car. It was a five speed. I didn't care. I was in a very low point in my life where it didn't matter. <laughs> so I just needed transportation. I jumped in that car and never thought twice about it. Like I never worried about anything. It could have been making the most horrific noise in the world to be like, ah, it's fine. You know, like it, cause it was, it was something that did not ever have a issue. Uh, hell the, the, I had a Kia prior to that too. I had a Kia Sophia that had 160,000 miles on it. And I, I probably changed the oil twice. <laughs> Because I hated that fucking car. But it was super reliable and it was new at the time when I bought it. It was brand new. And again, it never gave me problems. So it never undermined my confidence. The happiness of that car. I may have hated that car. I may have hated the Kia Rio just because of what they were. And they weren't super fun or anything like that. But my happiness level was never a problem as far as that car goes. Because my expectations were... This thing's going to work. And guess what? It always did. So it was fine. So uh, so I find that that I am drawn typically to uh, to to having things like and I, like I said, I love working on cars. I love working on motorcycles, but I want I want one reliable item that I don't have to stress about, maybe, you know, so that's why I'm thinking about selling off the scooter and the the uh, actually selling off the three out of the four motorcycles and buying a brand new uh, motorcycle. Now, granted, the motorcycle I'm looking at that's buying brand new is an inexpensive one as well. It's a Royal Enfield, uh, which I absolutely adore because it's a very vintage-looking bike, but it's modern. It has fuel injection. It's lovely. It, I drove one the other I rode one the other day uh, a couple weekends ago. It was lovely. It was wonderful. It My expectations uh, were exceeded on that. My happiness level was wonderful. Because uh, my reality was much, much greater than my expectations riding that uh, that motorcycle. And it's not very expensive, but I need to sell it. Like, I could have financed one and took it home like right then and there and had another bill to deal with and add stress that way. But I was like, you know what? And then try to fill it, fit it into the garage on top of it. I didn't. I, 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 for once in my life, I don't know if I'm getting old. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting too old. <laughs> I'm not as, again... Uh, uh, it, the, the chaos of my life is smoothing out for some reason. Uh, I didn't, I, I took a step back and I said, well, let me sell some shit. Let me make some room and then buy this thing cash basically instead and not have to worry about it. An additional stressor when it comes to payment or anything like that. Uh, plus insurance and, and whatnot would have been cheaper cause it wouldn't be financed. So, all right. So, uh, so I, uh, I realized that, 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 I, you know, I sabotage my happiness sometimes by what I do, by having incredible expectations. Because I'm a very, I, even in the darkest times of my depression, I feel that overall I'm a, a very optimistic person. It'll get better. I'm, I'm hurting right now. I, it's horrible. I hate where I'm at. I hate how I'm feeling and everything else. But there's always some kind of an optimism there. And I'm very optimistic with everything. And I, I think it it, it uh, creates expectations sometimes that are way too high compared to reality. And I don't want to, as a person, I don't want to lower expectations. Why, why would I want to do, like, 
can I like again if we're looking at this as like a mathematical formula <laughs> can uh, is happiness has turned into a mathematical formula at this point in time I have a formula for trust too if you want there's a mathematical formula for trust so you can uh, talk about how to build trust there's I have a mathematical formula for that as well we can talk about that some other day if you want but <laughs> but as far as happiness if I, we convert this to a mathematical formula do I lower the expectations, right? Do I, do I, in life, do I not have big, bright eyes and hope and passion of very high expectations? Because I know that if I lower those expectations, there's a better chance of receiving happiness from it. Hmm. Now, again, happiness is a finite feeling, right? It is a time, a place. It is not a long-term uh, investment like joy is. Happiness is fleeting. Um, so I don't think I want to do that. Like, do I, do I like the, the dopamine hits from the happiness? Uh, yes, of course. It's lovely. But ultimately, do I want to look at things in more of a gray lens instead of a rose-colored lens when it comes to creating expectations in my head? Can I even do that, to be honest with you? Am I physically able to do it? That would be, you want to talk about routine and discipline? It would take more routine and discipline for me to try to curtail my subconscious expectations on things. <laughs> than it would for me to get out of bed and start walking again every morning. Like that would be crazy. Like I don't, I don't think like, again, the, my expectation, it's a subconscious thing, right? Like I don't sit there and calculate my expectations, right? It's just my brain, my body chemistry, brain chemistry, whatever soul thing or whatever, uh, electric connections, they automatically build those expectations for me. Right. They automatically create that expectation. So trying to do I do I do I need to take a second and say, all right, body, I know you created this expectation for me, but we're going to knock it down a couple of notches here so we can get some happiness instead out of this. And then do I truly believe it in my own head that no, that, that, that this is the new expectation, right? Can I physically even do that? I don't know if I have the ability to do that. To How do you manage expectations when it comes to that? Again, my expectations are not something that I feel is a conscious thing. My expectations are passion-driven, right? My expectations are in most cases, I think, are a subconscious thing. Do I want to try to figure out a way to fundamentally change the way I work as far as having passion and optimism behind things because it sets expectations too high for me sometimes? just to squeeze out a little bit more happiness, which again is a futile, momentary feeling? Or do I concentrate on finding long-lasting joy 
and living in the now where I can identify that the happiness did not come because the expectation was too high and that's okay because it was amazing to have an expectation like that. And how can I ensure that I live up to an expectation like that next time? Which one sounds better? Hmm. I don't know. I I like being, I I don't say I like being, I like being (laughs) sad because my expectations are too high. No, I like, I find happiness and joy in creating high expectations. And then yes, there is sadness and there is a letdown if those expectations do not, uh, if I cannot uh, have the reality greater than the expectation. Sure. But I think I find happiness in creating those expectations. Does that make sense? Does it outweigh? Which one do I have? I, do I, I spend more time dreaming and creating expectations than I do actually executing, maybe, in reality. Hmm. Who knows? That's interesting to think about now. Huh. I'm going to have to, to ruminate on that. I do have a plan of, of throwing some gear on and going uh, for a motorcycle ride after this. I figured I'm going to record the podcast before I do that, though, just in case. <laughs> I have a situation. Uh, I do have a battery, though, in a, a good charge battery in that motorcycle. So uh, so I'm not going to be frustrated from the physical effort of trying to kickstart the goddamn thing. <laughs> I just press a button until the battery runs out. And then I get very, very sad about it, I guess. My expectations. I need to lower my expectations, right? I need to put a charger on the battery just in case. <laughs> Prep work prep work to make sure my reality is greater than my expectations. Can I set myself up for success with high expectations if I do some prep work first to make sure that my reality is higher than those expectations? Oh shit, that's a whole new thing to think about. Is there pre-work that you can do if you set high expectations? Of course there is, but that would take much more thought involved. I am a very spur-of-the-moment type of person when it comes to certain things. I build an incredible expectation, and I execute on reality very quickly sometimes, and I don't have time to prep. (laughs) But hell, a couple weekends ago, I thought I prepped. Like I said, I got the motorcycle running the day before. Life was good. Everything was great. I kick-started it. No problem. Blah, blah, blah. Everything was good. It should just started right up. And it fell on its face. And my reality was much, much lower than my expectation. I don't know. Well, I appreciate you guys coming back. It is Halloween. Uh, This is not obviously a Halloween episode, (laughs) but it just happens to be Halloween today. I am very excited today. I am going to a midnight showing of uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is an incredible tradition on uh, the Halloweens in and of itself. Uh, Even with uh, the COVID, this is going on. It's a very limited capacity. It is uh, 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 a great opportunity here. It's needed. I need to get out. uh, social have some kind of social interaction as far as things go. Uh, so we are going to participate in, in social distancing, masks involved, stuff like that. It should be very, very safe. I will douse myself with uh, sanitizer when we come home, maybe inject bleach. I don't know, whatever the president told us to do in the past, to stick some light in my ass or something. I don't know. I ain't going to do that. But, uh, but I will be very, very safe. Uh, like I said, it's very limited capacity. 
uh, venue, uh, very, very limited seats, which made it cost much more <laughs> because of that. Uh, but that's okay. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm actually taking, um, my son, Nick and, and his uh, wife, Taylor. This is the first time they've ever experienced anything like that. So I'm very, very excited about that as well. Uh, today. So th- it is Halloween. Please enjoy Halloween. It's one of my favorite holidays. I I've been having again this, this, this year, uh, because of where I'm at mentally for the past three, four weeks or so, I have not done really anything for Halloween. My house is decorated for Halloween almost all year round inside, (laughs) at least, uh, outside. I didn't do anything for outside. Uh, but, uh, it is what it is. So, uh, so it is Halloween is, this is not a Halloween episode, but it is coming out on Halloween. So get out there and, and, uh, be safe, please be safe, but try to enjoy, uh, the Halloween holiday, uh, if that's your gig. If it's not your gig, then it, whatever. It is what it is. That's fine. Stay home and think about Christmas because the people that don't like Halloween seem to want to jump right to Christmas. I don't know. It's what it seems like. So it is what it is. I don't like Christmas as much. Halloween's better. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. Again, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. If you want to shoot me an email, feel free to shoot me an email at mikeshappiness at gmail.com. I have a phone number, too. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I don't have the book in front of me either, so I do apologize. Uh, I'm going to, you know put some discipline and routine back into my life here, especially when it comes to these podcasts, uh, because I did miss doing this now that, that I've, you know, 49 minutes into it. Um, this was fun. It was enjoyable. I could have just sat on the couch and did nothing again and just watched YouTube. I was up very early today when my daughter was leaving. My one daughter was, was leaving the house very early this morning. So I was up very early and I could have been sucked into the trap of, uh, of the couch. My couch is very comfortable. It's like a loving hug. Uh, it's very chilly here today as well. Uh, so I had a nice blanket on and I was very warm and toasty on the couch. It was lovely watching some YouTube videos and whatnot on things and stuff. <laughs> but I got up and I said, let's do, let's record this. So I don't know. I didn't know how this was going to turn out. Thank you uh, for, for providing me an opportunity here with, uh, with this podcast thing. Uh, and if you enjoy listening to it, thank you. I appreciate that as well. Feel free to interact with me again at the Mike's happiness at gmail.com with that. Uh, get out, enjoy the day, find your joy, find your happiness. And remember the new definition of happiness is reality exceeding your expectations. So do with that knowledge, what you will and see if you can work it into finding your own happiness. Have a great rest of the day and I'll see you online next time.